0: Brendan Rocky is a specialty potato farmer in the San Luis Valley of Southern Colorado. On this warm, sunny fall afternoon, he's beaming with pride as I walk with him through his just-harvested fields.
1: I'm really pleased with how it looks out there, and I'm going to be set up very nicely for my potato crop next spring.
0: It's been a really good year for Rocky Farms. He has three massive warehouses filled top to bottom with fancy potatoes. We
1: like doing all the fun stuff, the potatoes with flavor, so... We go reds and yellows and purples and fingerlings and anything that's a little unique.
0: His popular potatoes have names like Nicola, Benji and Harvest Moon. And now they're being cleaned, sorted and packaged before they ship off to restaurants and grocery stores coast to coast. But things weren't always this rosy. 10 years ago, this area was dry as a bone, which forced Brendan to totally change how he farmed his 500 acres. Looking
1: back, the drought is one of the best things to ever happen in this valley it brought us together as a community, and it changed a lot of our farming practices for the positive. At
0: the time, he was growing barley and potatoes, but with limited water, he had to make a choice. We
1: simply did not have enough water to grow both of those cash crops. So we decided to put a cover crop in there in place of the barley crop because the barley crop just wasn't as economically sound.
0: Cover cropping is a conservation practice that's really taken off over the past decade. It's about growing plants like clover, chickpea, buckwheat, or rye to build healthy, productive soils that can suppress weeds, add nutrients as they decompose, and absorb more water. The next year when he planted his potato crop on that same field, he saw his water use go down. And as he started rotating his fields between cover crops and potatoes, he found that overall he cut his water use by nearly half.
1: So right now I'm using about 12 inches of irrigation each year to grow a potato crop which which is really low. And without the cover crop the year before, I wouldn't be able to farm with that little amount of water. It's
0: not like the plants suddenly needed less water. It just showed Brendan how much water was going to waste.
1: You know, so now when I irrigate, I'm able to irrigate a little bit quicker. I put less water on per irrigation and I can go longer in between irrigations. So I've got a higher infiltration rate. The water goes down right where it belongs. And then once it gets there, my soil does a better job of holding on to that water.
0: Another impressive benefit of cover crops is that as he enhanced his soil's health, he reduced his dependence on pesticides and fertilizers.
1: I don't use any chemicals anymore, no pesticides on this farm whatsoever. We're not spraying for weeds, we're not spraying for insects.
0: Actually, he's trying to bring as many insects onto his farm as possible. In the middle of his potato field, he's planted something he calls a flowering strip.
1: So we plant a lot of flowers to create habitat for beneficial insects. So they feed off of the flowers, the pollen and the nectar, that's their food source. I mean, you just walk on that flower strip and the, the thing just buzzes. Those
0: flowers will attract aphids that could potentially threaten his crop. As a matter of fact, he says when inspectors come out to his fields to measure any pesticide levels, he laughs. I
1: said, you guys have a bigger threat of getting stung by a bee than being exposed to chemical on my farm.
0: While Brendan's practices may sound innovative, cover cropping isn't new. It's how his grandfather farmed when he bought this property back in 1938.
1: Back then they were using these practices because those were the tools that were available. They didn't have these chemicals. They didn't have these synthetic fertilizers. They had to do that to make a living. Then we kind of got fooled somewhere along the line thinking all these chemicals and fertilizers were the answer but in the process we destroyed our soil.
0: That's a difficult history that Steve Ela, a fourth-generation fruit grower in western Colorado, knows all too well. For years he farmed with synthetic inputs, but sheer frustration drove him to make a complete paradigm shift.
2: What I see is we're in the biological revolution now. We were in the chemical revolution before. Chemicals would be the magic bullets.
0: Talking with him at a Denver area farmer's market where he came to sell his apples, plums, and heirloom tomatoes, he explains that applying conventional fertilizers wasn't giving him the results he wanted or helping his soils. My
2: background's in soil science, and I tried everything I knew. I mean, more nitrogen, more phosphorus, more potassium, micronutrients the trees still weren't really jumping out of the ground like we wanted to. And it really drove into me, you know, the old organic mantra of a healthy soil feeds the tree.
0: So unlike Brendan who rotates his fields, Steve began planting cover crops right in between his trees.
2: The other thing with our cover crops is we mow them, but we leave that mulch in place. And so that's putting organic matter back into the soil. But it's amazing. You'll mow the the cover crop and there'll be this mulch on top of the soil and within two weeks it's gone.
0: Gone because it's been broken down by bacteria and also because earthworms and nightcrawlers grab that organic matter and pull it down into the soil, making pathways for water and nutrients to get right to the tree's roots.
2: And so if we have a healthy soil that is dynamically breaking things down and releasing things and picking things up, that it's a smorgasbord
0: for the tree. And while cover crops put out the banquet, just how roots take up nutrients is something we're still learning about through research. Steve says we're just at the tip of the iceberg of understanding the complexity of soil.
2: Yeah, and that's the you know that's the exciting thing in soil science now is we're realizing we're realizing the black box of the soil. You know we know so little about it. It's like the Amazon rainforest. You know when we first went to Amazon, it was like all these new species. And, I mean the soil beneath us is that same way.
0: And this soil health movement isn't just a Colorado phenomenon. According to a USDA survey report out last month, cover crop use across the country is steadily increasing, and farmers are reporting higher yields, about two bushels more per acre depending on the commodity. Overall, the survey found positive results and those farmers who used cover crops to enhance their soil were likely to continue because they saw them as an investment in the future. We
2: have to think long term and it's not just about tomorrow and it's not about yesterday, it's about tomorrow and the next year and, the, and five years down the road and so the cover crops are part of that.
0: For H2O Radio, I'm Frannie Halperin. H2O Radio's series, The Dirt, is underwritten by the One World, One Water Center, a collaboration between Metropolitan State University of Denver and Denver Botanic Gardens to raise awareness about water and the environment through water stewardship.